This is the one. This is it. This is the fucking podcast of all podcasts. It's the motherfucking Holy Grail. It's like, it's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I think that we'd be shocked if we walked through some of our schools today from USA Today. Today's schools are cursed by an increase in swearing with language that would stand a sailor's hair on end. In a recent poll of high school principals, 89% said they face profane language every day. How sad, Jack. Our teenagers. You are now listening to the world's stupidest podcast ever. <laughs> This is the GTFOH podcast. We have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Do, 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 do. Yay, 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 What up, motherfuckers? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What up, everybody? Welcome to the GTFOH podcast, episode number 27. It's your boy, Recognize. My friends call me Records, Billboard Baggins if you're nerdy, Billy Baggins if you're nasty. We are in this motherfucker once again. I am prepping this show. Prepping? I'm prepping this show right now. Um, right on the verge of about to dip up out of town for a little quick minute. I'm going to sneak away and go do some stupid shit. Uh, some reckless shit. And I don't want to talk about it till I get back from my trip. When I get back from my trip, if I survive and everything's cool and everything is all good, then I will talk about my stupidity. But for now, just know that I love you guys. <laughs> uh, wish me luck. All right, cool. Yeah. Um... We're here, episode 27 up in this bitch. Um, It's fucking Meridian 3 uh, celebration week still, as the EP just came out last Friday, August 14th. Um, As we speak right now, the record for my Spotify streams in the first week was 40, I think 4,000, Gia let me know, Um, 44,000-ish, somewhere around there. And it's Tuesday, we're not even at Friday again yet. And right now we're looking at a fucking hot 39,000. We're about to almost hit 40. So we are very close uh, to breaking the record. And we're on pace right now to break the record for um, for the first week streams on Spotify, which makes me very happy. I really appreciate you guys listening and sharing the music. And um, and more, than, more importantly than anything, more important than numbers, more important than records, whatever. It's just that people are hitting me back and really enjoying the music and saying that they're feeling the music, which means the world to me. Um, yeah, I got like maybe one stupid ass comment today. And it was like a supportive comment, a supportive stupid comment. The, the person on Instagram was telling me, and they didn't even follow me. I was like, how the fuck you see my shit? Like, you must have just came to scope the page because you heard the music, but you don't follow me? Like, what the fuck? You ain't even showing me no love. Um, but this person, this unfollower of mine, uh, they said that I was trying to sound like every idiot on the radio. But, like, they liked this EP better than the last EP, but that I was trying to sound like every idiot on the radio. And I don't bend to their standards because I'm better than that. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Come on, man. I listen. I've heard. Have you heard the radio? Either you have not heard the radio recently, or you haven't heard my music. Um, really, you haven't really listened to what the fuck I'm saying because there's four songs 
that sound to me like nothing like on the radio. Maybe Zombies kind of sounds like a modern rap song on the radio, but come on. The concept, the concept, the subject matter, talking about our society being zombified, none of that's on the radio. A song that kind of sounds like a turn up song, but is not really. It's a song about anxiety attacks in the night. None of that is on the radio. A song about rekindling with an old relationship, you know, wanting to go back to another time. Well, maybe there's a song like that on the radio, but it definitely don't sound like fucking Oakland. I can guarantee you that. And lastly, Call For My Name don't sound like nothing on the radio. That's some boom bap classic shit I made to beat myself. I can attest to that. So basically what I'm trying to say is I don't know what the fuck you is talking about. All right. Um, but, you know, it was weird because they were like, you're better than this and you're dope. And I'm like, so it's like a uns- it was like a negative supportive comment. You're like, you a smart, dumb motherfucker. Um, but hey, thanks for your support. <laughs> fucking awesome. You guys are fucking great. No, but for real, everybody out there, I appreciate you guys. I'm just a little guy in a big motherfucking pond. You know what I'm saying? Everybody. The one thing I have to hear constantly, consistently, all the motherfucking time is, I wish you were bigger. I don't understand why you and Mayday aren't more blown up. Your music's so good. Why don't we hear it on the radio? Why aren't you guys playing festivals? You guys should do the Super Bowl. I wonder if Justin Bieber would do a song with you. Like all these things. And it's like, it basically is like a million trillion ways to say that you're dope. And we appreciate that. And I, I'm grateful. You know what I'm saying? And really, in my in my later years, you know what I'm saying? Now that I'm not a young buck no more, um, I, I, I am getting, I'm wrestling every day with being comfortable and secure with what I have, which is a scary thought for an artist that's been chasing something, grinding towards something for their whole fucking lives. Uh, because I don't want to, like, stop. I don't want to let up. I want to keep my foot on the gas. But at the same time, I don't want to, like, chase something forever that you know what I mean like I want to enjoy what the fuck I have right now and and, and there, I'm I'm not the biggest artist in the room but I'm bigger than other artists so I don't want to like take what I have my space in the in the fucking in the world for granted you know what I'm saying that's what I'm trying to do I'm just trying to be a better me man you know what I'm saying? and really also make songs sound like the people on the radio that's awesome another goal of mine in life so fuck yeah I did it one guy thinks I sound like their guys on the radio so hooray and I'm rambling. Yeah, I got uh, my mind is a fucking hot mess today. I owed a verse to a good friend of mine for a project coming up that I don't want to spoil, but um, I owed a verse to somebody today. I had to knock that out, and then I have to do this podcast, and then I had a reservation for this crazy pizza place in Miami that's like fire as fuck, and it's tonight, and we want to leave for our little mini getaway, me and my wife. So. It's just like I'm trying to get everything done before I get the fuck out of here. I'm basically recording this podcast a few hours before I'm going to hit the road. So, um, fuck it. Let's just get to it and see what the fuck is going on in this crazy, wild, depressing, but also weirdly calm and serene world of ours. Give me some head. Lines. Lines. At 11, pay more at the grocer, but getting less will tell you how to get the most. The fuck are you doing? We need to acknowledge an unfortunate mistake that I made and one of the teases we bring to you before this program. While we were live just after 10 o'clock, I said a word that many people find offensive. 
I'm truly sorry. It was a mistake on my part, and I sincerely apologize. Yeah, hotter than a motherfucker out in these streets. Reporting to you live, I'm sweating in my seat. Goddamn. Yesterday, there was a record, a heat fucking record. Um, you know, that's kind of semi-typical for July. Maybe not so much August 18th. But uh, Death Valley soared to 130 motherfucking degrees, potentially Earth's highest temperature. Now, wait a second before, because I, I saw people jumping the gun, you know, I want climate change and all this. Y'all, now, I believe climate change is happening. Shit, I'm not a denier. But uh, all I want to say is the, the statistic was that that was the highest temperature on Earth since 1931. 1931 and i saw somewhere else saying that there was also a record of something uh, in 1918 a similar temperature so i don't uh someone might have to break that down one of my smart ass listeners that's always been reading mad books and tells me about spirituality and shit you know who you are um they, they need to tell me maybe what i'm missing there uh the record okay the record was actually set on july 10th 1913 so uh, I mean, I feel like it makes sense, the whole climate change thing. I get it. But uh, what, the highest temperature was set on 19, in 1913. So just somebody break that down for me. What, is, what the fuck does that even mean? Um, does that mean that we're just on some rotating shit? It kind of comes up. It comes down. What Were they burning mad fucking fossil fuels in 1913? Was every citizen in, in the country and the world just going outside and spraying aerosol cans into the sky and lighting them on fire? Was it Mad Max? I'm just trying to figure out how the fuck that happens. Uh, because what everyone was talking about yesterday in Death Valley, that's not the record ever. The, it, it tied the record. Um... You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to figure out. I'm just trying to figure out. I just want the facts. I just want to know what the fuck's going on. Um, so, yeah, if that temperature is corrected, uh, you know, is recorded correctly, um, the temperature, uh, it was on Sunday, uh, 3.41 p.m., 130 degrees, and it would break Death Valley's previous August record by three degrees. Um, so I guess that's probably where the concern comes in. Um, yeah. Death Valley famously holds the record for the hottest temperature ever recorded on Earth, which is 134 degrees. So it's an August record, but it's not a total record. And that record of 134 degrees was the one I'm talking about, July 10th, 1913. Uh, however, that measurement is very much in question. An extensive analysis of that record conducted in 2016 by Christopher Burt, an expert on extreme weather data. Imagine that. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Hey, hey, this is a good party. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm Christopher. Christopher Burt. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an extreme weather data expert. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. So do you want to fuck or what? <laughs> uh, I wonder if Christopher Berg gets mad punans. You wonder? I wonder if he's like, is he like the slickest weather data expert ever? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Is he walking in and just like, how you doing type shit? Or is he... Or has it been a long time since he got laid? You know what I'm saying? I'm not judging. I'm just asking. These are questions I got to ask. Um, so anyways, Mr. Burt uh, concluded that it was essentially not possible for a meteorolo meteorological perspective. Uh, some climatologists consider 129 degree readings recorded in Death Valley on June 30th, 2013 and in Kuwait and in Pakistan in 2016 and 2017, respectively, as the highest ever reliably measured on the planet. If only those readings are considered, then Sunday's 130 degree temperature would unseat them at the highest measure. So there you go. 
there's some debate in the scientific um, Punan getting extreme weather data experts uh, on to where what the hottest temperature really is. Anyways, they think the people in 1913 didn't know what the fuck they was talking about. And they could be right. And if they are right, then we're all fucked. All I know is it's hotter than a motherfucker in these streets. Um, it's uh, I, I was I, I was for the better part of this year walking my kids every day. We was going out and I put them in a stroller and, you know, I was trying my best to keep their fucking legs from blackening like two little black and chicken drumsticks. <laughs> Uh, or four little because they have four legs. It's two of them. But um, but yeah, recently we have not been walking because I got into a little lazy pandemic funk. And then on top of that, it's hotter than a motherfucker in these streets. Climatologists don't have to debate on whether or not these nuts is sweaty out in these motherfucking streets. All right. Uh, so there you go. On Friday, Oakland, California. Let's go back to Oakland. Uh, hit 100 for the first time on record in August, while Phoenix had its highest temperature for the month, 117 degrees. Uh, let me just go on record as saying, I love all the people I've met in Arizona. I've had some very fun times in Arizona, done amazing shows in Arizona, but fuck Arizona, okay? Let me just go on record and say, fuck Arizona, because Arizona is hot as shit and i all my friends from around the country are always saying miami yeah you know florida it's so humid there oh it's just like you're just sweating the minute you get off the plane and uh i beg to differ because your conditioning has been conditioned then you are conditioned and i am conditioned for humidity sweaty heat all day and even if i wasn't conditioned i'm just saying blind taste test or blind sweat test rather if you put me out in the fucking miami airport and all of a sudden boom you get hit with the wall of humidity and you start sweating like an animal and then you go and do the same thing you get out in arizona and you get off the fucking plane or get off horseback or whatever it is you do out there and then boom you get hit with the fucking dry you feel like a pizza in an oven baking heat where your body's saying please let me sweat please let me sweat but you don't sweat and instead you just start to fucking bake inside i'm going with the sweaty ball heat any fucking day any fucking day uh, so hey i'm just saying arizona i love you but fuck you that's all i gotta say either way it's hot everywhere how about that fucking hot everywhere get the fuck out of here uh so since it's hot everywhere and basically the planet's turning into mad max beyond beyond terror dome um i think it's time to continue um what i'm about to get as uh my new tattoo my new tattoo i'm getting did i tell you guys i'm getting a tattoo yes i'm gonna get a new tattoo i'm gonna go a little crazy i think i'm gonna go mike tyson style on it and put it right on my forehead uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a forehead tattoo. I got it uh, scheduled for next week, and I'm just gonna walk in and I'm talk to my homie, the artist, and I'm be like, you know exactly what I want. Right across the forehead, I want it to say, "The world is fucked. Why bother?" Yeah, that's it. The world is fucked. Why bother? It's fucking hot as shit out here. The world is fucked. The world is fucked. Why bother? Um, it's hot as fuck, and other than that. We're all eating a shit ton of plastic. Woohoo! Yeah! I feel good. You feel good? Yeah. Is plastic acceptable in the keto diet? That's what I want to know. Every single seafood sample tested in the microplastics... Plastics? Microplastics? Yeah. Microplastics study was polluted as of August 16th. 
Obviously, you all know plastics were not made for human consumption, and yet we consume them every day. Tiny remnants of these synthetic polymers have now leached into our air, our food, and our water, and avoiding them has turned into an almost impossible battle. A recent study of live popular seafoods brought, uh, bought at a market in Australia reveals just how ubiquitous these micro-pollutants have become. After buying five wild blue crabs, ten farmed tiger prawns, ten wild squid, ten farmed oysters, and ten wild sardines, researchers found traces of plastic in every single motherfucking sample. Considering an average serving... A seafood eater could be exposed to approximately 0.7 milligrams of plastic when ingesting an average serving of oysters or squid, and up to 30 motherfucking milligrams of plastic when eating sardines. Luckily for us, none of us broke motherfuckers are eating sardines. Um, am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking of caviar. <laughs> Wait a second. Us broke motherfuckers are eating mad sardines in this bitch. It's caviar we can't afford. I wonder if there's plastic in caviar. There better be motherfuckers eating all that fucking caviar you better be fucking eating that shit with mad plastic oh god i thought sardines i was mixing up sardines and caviar that's what happens when you eat a lot of plastic folks you shouldn't be eating plastic you you'll end up like me for comparison 30 milligrams uh is it average is the average weight of a grain of rice so that's how much you're eating doesn't seem like a whole lot to me personally but all right i guess we shouldn't be eating any plastic um the scientists still don't know what, if anything, uh, this amount of plastic is doing to our bodies, but there's a reason to find out. The ocean is the ultimate sink for plastics in the world, and understanding the extent the marine food web is contaminated with these pollutants is part of the new challenge. Um, after ingesting plastics of our own making, many marine species have been found struggling with physical damage and oxidative stress. Uh, some have even died. Like the beach whales, we found stuffed with garbage, which is sadder than a motherfucker. Um, in places where seafood is consumed heavily, studies suggest some people swallow at least 11,000 microplastic particles a year. God damn! Uh, the trouble is, many of these studies employ different method methodologies, method method methodologies, anonymity, and report results in different ways. Plus, many don't identify individual types of plastic and rely on visual observations alone. So it's just a rough science out in this motherfucker. But they are um, trying to figure it out. But all I know is uh, there's nothing really we can do about it. So uh, happy plastic eating, motherfuckers. Get the fuck out of here. Um, plastic. Mm. The plastic, that San Francisco tree. Ba -dum -ba -dum -bum. Where are we going next? We're going to Peters Township. Peters Township, Pennsylvania. Uh, police in Peters Township issued a warning Monday after receiving reports of a man exposing himself in Peterswood Park. Somebody likes that WAP song just a little bit too much. A man in loose running shorts. Hey, like that guy in that episode of Friends. Guys, I have a confession to make. I watch a lot of Friends. I saw an article recently with some like little, uh, what's, what is under millennials? What's the new generation called? I don't feel like looking it up. But whatever it is, the new little shits, she was like, let's just face it, guys. Friends is a terrible show. And I was like, bitch, you bite your fucking tongue. Nobody talks about my kooky friends like that. I fucking love Friends, all right? I like Seinfeld, too. Am I old? Oh, that makes that make me old? I don't care. Fuck that. All right? What's wrong with liking Friends? I like Friends, all right? Anyways, there was an episode in Friends where the guy had loose shorts on and they could see his cock. <laughs> Maybe Friends is a terrible show. 
damn, I'm going to do some research on this. I'm going to talk to my therapist about this. Is Friends a terrible show? Please let me know. Anyways, a man in loose running shorts, like the guy in Friends, possibly in his 30s, has been exposing himself near the Arrowhead Trail. Hey, Arrowhead Trail. I put the head in Arrowhead Trail, bitch. The Peters Township Police Department is investigating two reports of a white male in loose running shorts, possibly, um... In this is weird. They just say it just says possibly in, and then it don't say shit after that. Okay, possibly in loose running shorts. Anyone who's witnessed this man uh, or any other suspicious behavior is asked to safely note a clothing description. You got to find out what are those? What is that? <laughs> are those are those Air Maxes? Is that your cock? Uh, and direction of travel, and then call nine one one. So be on the lookout out there, Pennsylvanians. Because there's a man out there trying to show you his Peters Township Trail. Hello. Um, I never got that. It's so weird. Like, if somebody assaults somebody, like, sexually, I'm like, well, you know, you're trying to get some. You're trying to get some sexual gratification. But then, like, somebody like that, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm just like, what do you get from just being like, hey, look, it's my dick. Like, <laughs> like never, I never understood that. I never could, I could never understand people like that. Like, like just to expose themselves gets them off and then when they go home and they're like oh my god that person totally saw my dick like what the fuck hey folks told you man it's one of them days for me it's only gonna get worse get the fuck out of here only gonna get worse well as a parent of two and a half year olds I can tell you I know all the things about being a parent everything Every piece of it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm learning every day. It's, it's a difficult, you know, it's a difficult challenge to be a parent. I, I think I've uh, said it recently. Shout out to all you parents out there. <clears throat> the last uh, writing session we did for uh, the Wrecking Crew, I mentioned that I, I respect everybody who's a fucking stand-up parent because it's so hard. I can appreciate why people bail and leave their kids, give their kids up for adoption, abuse their kids. Like, it's, it's fucking, it's, it you can drive, to, drive you to insanity. And I feel like not enough people talk about that shit. It's like taboo to say shit like that. But fuck that. Um, one of the things that stresses you out every day as a parent is you hope your kid doesn't do something stupid as fuck. <laughs> um, because that shit happens all the time. Hey, we were all kids. We all did stupid shit. When I think all about all the things I did as a teenager... I it's scary now as a parent to think that my kid could one day be doing all this dumb reckless shit that I did when I was a kid. It's fucking scary. Well, uh, one thing that I hope to never have to experience is this next story out of New Zealand. New Zealand. Lego piece falls out of New Zealand boy's nose after being stuck for... Anybody want to take a guess how long it was up there? Did you say six months? Because you were wrong. Did you say a whole year? You're sick. You're wrong. Two fucking years. God damn. Stamp it one time. Get the fuck out of here. Damn, two years? How He just sat there. It was like, I don't feel right. I feel like I can't breathe. He just, like, his parents didn't notice that. My God, he's seven. The kid is seven years old. He was five when this happened. My kids could tell me there's a booger in their nose right now, and they're two and a half. What the fuck? My goodness gracious. Seven-year-old Samir Anwar of Dunedin in the south of New Zealand inserted a tiny piece of Lego up his nose in 2018. Samir's father, Mudasir, and his wife became alarmed when their son told them he had lost a piece of Lego up his nose and couldn't find it. The concerned parents took their son to the GP, general practitioner, uh, 
took him to the doctor, who was also unable to find or remove it. The doctor advised them the piece would move through their son's digestive tract if it had even been there in the first place. Oh, man. Okay, so they, they was doing their job. I was going to criticize the parents, but they did, the, they did the job. With Samir showing no signs of pain or distress, his parents soon forgot about the ordeal. They're probably like, he's bullshitting. He didn't lose no Lego up there. Fuck that. Let's go. I got real problems. Since then, he's never complained of anything. Um, Anwar said, telling the Guardian his son was quite playful and a, and a mischievous character. Yeah, he's mischievous, all right. He's got fucking Lego in his nose. Uh, Anwar believes the piece was part of a Lego character's arm. Damn, arm, Lego head, Lego, 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 lead. Uh, then last night, the unbelievable happened, Anwar said. A plate of pink cupcakes prompted his son to lean down and take a great big sniff of them. He was like, mmm, cupcakes. Uh, immediately, his nose began to hurt, thinking he'd sniffed up some cake crumbs. Sniffed up cake crumbs? What the fuck is wrong with this kid? His mother helped him blow his nose, hoping to thoroughly clear his nostrils. But instead of pink cake crumbs, out dropped a tiny piece of black Lego covered in fungus. Eww. Stamp it. Get the fuck out of here. Fungi old. Oh, fungi ass. Oh, fungi ass Lego nose ass. We were never expecting such a thing. Anwar told the Guardian, the Lego piece looks a bit gross, but that's how it is. Unbelievable. Samir, who remains a fan of the colorful plastic bricks, <laughs> appeared delighted with the reunited piece, saying to his parents, Mom, I found the Lego. You were telling me it wasn't there, but it was there. For two years, you called me a fucking liar. I need therapy now. It was not the first time Samir has put something up his nose, because Samir is not a rocket scientist. He is... A nose digger. When he was three, he pushed an imitation pearl up his nostril, but in that instance, his father was able to retrieve it. Please don't. Hello. I, I know I'm not religious, but lords or whoever's up there, please make sure that my kids, when they get to the age of five, don't shove random bullshit up their nose. That'd be so fucking tight. Thanks. Um... The errant piece of Lego had been wrapped in a tissue, and the family were still deciding what they should do with it. Though Anwar had joked to his wife that we should donate it to a museum. <laughs> it's those kind of jokes that has your kid stuffing Legos up his fucking nose. Uh, Lego pieces are commonly lost up children's nostrils. Commonly! That's a thing! As are beads and small pieces of food like popcorn kernels, peas, blueberries, and grapes. Lords. Lords, if you're out there, listen to me now, please. I have two kids, which doubles my exposure, doubles my risk. I uh, would like to say, please make sure that none of my two little rugrats stuff any kind of Legos, popcorn kernels, peas, blueberries, grapes, or imitation pearls up they nose. Please, I'll be a good human being for the rest of my life. Amen. Items less commonly stuck up noses, according to kidspot.com.au, include a glob of mints, whatever the fuck that is, a large piece of broccoli, a crayon, and a rotting piece of leather. Hello, spit in my mouth. In 2018, a team of doctors swallowed Lego and timed how long it took to pass through their bowels in an attempt to reassure concerned parents. Damn, they did like that was like some fraternity shit. All these doctors in a room, like, all right, you ready? You're not gonna do it. You do it first. Right, let's try it out for science. Boom, swallowed Legos and shit. It's tight. And uh, there it is. Crazy. <laughs> Please don't let my kids stuff bullshit in their fucking nose, man. I don't, I, my biggest fear is choking for the longest time. And it, it's still, choking still freaks me the fuck out. But right now, I'm just going to say my new fear is random nostril fuckery. Get the fuck out of here! Ah, what a world. What a world. 
this is why I need to get away. This is why I'm going to go do some crazy dumb shit. Oh, yes. Uh, where are we going next? We got one more on the headlines worth talking about. Cranston, Rhode Island. A Providence firefighter is facing criminal charges after a motorcycle accident early Sunday morning in Cranston. Joseph Bouchard, 39 years old of Cranston, was riding on his motorcycle when he struck a fire hydrant on Natick Avenue and then fled the scene. I did remind you that he is a firefighter, right? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, police responded to the scene shortly after midnight and located an injured female victim. She was taken to Rhode Island Hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Witnesses said the female was on the back of Bouchard's motorcycle before he fled the scene with a damaged motorcycle, leaving the woman behind. Damn! So much for to protect and serve. This guy almost broke her neck and swerved. What the fuck? Damn, I, I I guess it was either a booty call or they about to break up because she's like, bitch, you left me, you fucking cack. And he's a firefighter, you know what I'm saying? My brother-in-law's a firefighter. I know them to be like brave, heroic kind of motherfuckers, not like I'm going to crash into a fire hydrant, which I should know to avoid. It, like It's like blasphemy for a firefighter to damage a fire hydrant, no? To me, like, those would be, like, beacons of hope. There's the fire. Like, the fire hydrant means everything to me as a firefighter. No? I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm overthinking it. But still, what the fuck? And then he does the most unheroic shit ever. Leaves her on the scene. Goddamn. Police say investigators were able to track Bouchard back to his home due to evidence left at the scene. Yeah, he left a human being there. <laughs> what the fuck? What evidence are you talking about? Well, let me see here. There's some dirt tracks. Uh, let me hold on. We gotta break out the fucking CSI here, uh, sir. Sir, uh, we don't need CSI. Uh, why is that? Uh, there's a human being here. She knows exactly what happened and where he is. Like, what the fuck? What evidence did he leave behind other than a full breathing human with information in their brain? Um, Ah! Upon arrival, they found he sustained serious injuries. He was taken into custody and then transported to the Rhode Island Hospital. Bouchard was arraigned on two felony charges, including duty to stop an accident resulting in injury and driving so as to endanger resulting in physical injury. Okay. He was also charged with a misdemeanor for a DUI, first offense, and was cited for leaving the scene of an accident with damage to highway fixture and leaving a lane of travel while also leaving behind a bitch. That's, that's a real charge. Don't look it up. Bouchard's next court date is at the 3rd District Court on August 25th for the DUI charge. He also has a PAC court date on November 16th at the 6th District Court for the two felonies. And uh, also, he is back on Tinder now. So, ladies, I'll add your boy because his last bitch got dropped off at the scene of the crime. Uh, yo, one time for fucking Providence's bravest. <laughs> What's going to happen? Is he going to keep his job? I wonder. It's, you can get fired nowadays for a fucking tweet. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what the fuck? They're not going to fire this guy? It says nothing about his job. But if I was fire chief, you know what I'm saying? Fire chief Miller was on the case. I'd be like, hey, not only did you leave that bitch on the scene, which was stupid, but you also left evidence other evidence apparently other more important evidence than a human being and then on top of that you hit a fire hydrant motherfucker you're a firefighter for fuck's sake you're fired step into my office because you're fucking fired don't let me be the fire chief i don't want to see fire chief miller out here <sighs> come on shit um <laughs> oh man this is fun right this is great 
I'm, I'm never going to stop doing this show. It's therapeutic to me to come into a room and talk to myself for an hour. I mean, I'm not talking to myself. I'm really talking to you guys. But you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I wonder what I'm doing here. <laughs> you ever get that feeling? Tight. I'm glad we're on the same page. All right, cool. Well, Death Valley, maybe 130 degrees, but they ain't got shit on us. We the King Kong of this shit, baby. You know what time it is. Floridize my ass. Let's go. Okay. So I think you should use this idea for your Florida, Florida segment and get the out, out of here. So I came up with get on the Florida because when the cops come arrest you with their handcuffs, they're like, get on the floor so that they can put the handcuffs on. And since it's about Florida and all the crazy stuff that happens there, which is usually involved with the cops, so get on the Florida is Florida. And also, get on Florida. I mean, get on the floor. So I think you should use it, because I'm smart. Get on the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Flow ride of time, baby. Get on the motherfucking Florida. Don't even look at me. Put both hands above your motherfucking head. It's time to go do what we do best over here in the FLA. Uh, Florida police have arrested a man after finding more than two dozen pipe bombs including some that contained nails screws and metal pellets this dude is he looks like a <laughs> he looks like a uh he looks like louis ck if louis ck was like a disgruntled postal worker that's how this guy looks just picture that for a second he's balder than louis ck is if that's possible and he looks he looks yeah he doesn't look funny his name's Gregory H-A-A-S-Z-E. How would you pronounce that? All right, don't be judging me because I don't know how to pronounce shit. How do you pronounce <laughs> You pronounce that shit. Uh, Gregory Haziz is facing 26 felony counts of making, possessing, and placing a destructive device after his arrest Wednesday night in Palm Beach County. Uh, uh, police had been called after an explosion and found several bombs near a street and others in a trash bin. After officers identified Haziz as a suspect, he approached officers and he surrendered. I give up. The 34-year-old told them he made the bombs for, this is my favorite part, he made the bombs for celebrations and to remove tree stumps that he never intended to hurt anyone. What celebration requires a pipe bomb that contains nails, screws, and metal pellets, all right? Also, what tree stump is removed with a pipe bomb that contains nails, screws, and metal pellets, is what I want to know. His attorneys had no immediate comment because they didn't know what the fuck to say. Point Beach Police said Thursday that the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives is now the lead agency investigating Haziz. 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 No word on that. My guess, he's a MAGA supporter. That's my guess. I'm just guessing here. I don't know. Palm Beach is crazy. You know what's weird about Palm Beach? Being from the south of Florida, I always used to I always used to imagine Palm Beach as this like luxurious, super rich, you know what I'm saying, like nice like utopia for real. But it's like crazy now. After I watched that uh, what's the what's his name, Ep uh, Jeffrey Epstein? When I watched the Jeffrey Epstein documentary on Netflix, I don't I didn't know that fucking Palm Beach was so hood for real. Like yeah, when you go over to tracks and you get to the nice like Palm Beach Island side and the fucking beach side, it's all popping. But then when you go over them tracks, it's just like in Miami. It's just like all of a sudden you cross them tracks and it's fucking, it's, we in the hood now. 
We in the motherfucking hood now. Where they're making two dozen pipe bombs with, uh, what is it? Um, motherfucking, what, was it? what the fuck is that happening? Uh, nails and pipes and fucking screws and shit. <laughs> I can't find what it said he had in there. Oh, nails, screws, and metal pellets. Um, I can't wait to post this guy's fucking mugshot up on social media. Just remember what I said. Louis C.K. as a disgruntled postal worker. Hold that in your mind till you see it. And when you see it on social media, fucking like that shit and comment on it. Okay, guys? All right, cool. All right. Um, let's move on. Get on the floor. <laughs> All right, now, if the pandemic's got you down, it's got you fucked up, and your you know financial situation's fucked, and you might not be able to make that rent, and you're feeling like you might you might have to go live on the streets for a little while, this right here is the way to do it. You need to do like fucking like my home my homie my homie my homie in St. Petersburg uh Daniel Albert Neja 39 years old a homeless man somehow got into Al Lang Stadium in St. Petersburg and lived in a luxury suite for nearly 2 weeks uh Daniel was arrested Sunday after a cleaning crew entered the room where he was staying and found razors open shaving cream containers and blankets um, Fernanda said the cleaning crew had not been in the room for some time because the space was supposed to be empty and cleaning activity was limited due to COVID-19. Stadium security reviewed surveillance video and they found that Neja had been entering the merchandise store and food area. He was wearing Rowdy's clothing and eating the food that he had found, Fernanda said. Surveillance footage showed that he had been in the facility since July 26. Ah, living it up, living it up. What? I'm here in the fucking stadium, living, eating the food. Uh, officers do not know how Neja entered the stadium, but suspect, uh, but suspect that he was able to blend in with the cleaning crew. Damn, that's kind of a diss to the cleaning crew, though, right? Like he just walked in with the cleaning crew, and they were all like, "Well, everyone looks homeless. They're part of the cleaning crew." Damn, disrespectful. The value of the clothing he took was one thousand forty-three dollars. Goddamn. Fuck, I know that like sports uh, apparel is expensive, but he took $1,000 worth of shit. And he also consumed $250 in drinks. Now, see, if that was me, it would be opposite. Then I'm like, Mr. Miller took $250 worth of, uh, you know, sweatpants and some black shirts um, and some boxers and some underwear. Uh, I mean, some boxers and some socks. And then he ate $1,000 worth of food. <laughs> Like, this guy only ate $250 in drinks. It doesn't even say food. What the fuck is this guy doing? Uh, the mayor's office spokesperson, Ben Kirby, declined to comment, citing that the case is an ongoing investigation and the stadium is owned by the city of St. Petersburg. Neja has been arrested on charges of burglary and resisting an officer without violence. He was being held in the Pinellas uh, County Jail Thursday in lieu of $5,150 bail, add the $1,000 of clothing and the $250 in drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Florida, everybody. Strap yourselves in. Get on the floor. <laughs> all right. Well, all Florida can't be all sun and fun. It's time for a Floridian dark turn. 16 arrested. Arrested? I'm saying a lot of weird pronunciations today. I think I'm losing my mind. 16 arrested in child sex sting, including the former Manatee County Sergeant. Where are we going for this? Hillsborough County, Florida. I don't know where that is. A registered sex offender and a former sergeant with the Manatee County Sheriff's Office 
uh, are among 16 people arrested in a sting targeting child predators in Hillsborough County. What the fuck? Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody and Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister held a press conference Wednesday morning to share more details from Operation Small Talk, an undercover sting. They spelled undercover wrong, by the way, in this uh, article. The conversations, text messages, and photos from these predators are so graphic, I can't even begin to describe them, other than to say they are repulsive, uh, Chad Cronister said at the press conference. Cronister said some of the men showed up to meet the teens with products they had purchased to use for sex. Among those arrested was a member of the U.S. Army Reserve, Melvin Rosa Vieira, and former Manatee County Sheriff's Office Sergeant Stephen Utter. Mm, mm, mm. Deputies also arrested a registered sex offender, Michael Daughtry, who apparently didn't learn their fucking lesson, and Matthew Jones, who was charged with 51 counts of possession of child pornography. As a mother, I am deeply disturbed at how many predators are out there online and in our communities looking to harm children. Thanks to great police work, there are few less in our midst today, and that should serve as a bold warning to anyone looking to harm a child in Florida. Ashley Moody said. Moody, who has a young son who enjoys the internet, said she and her husband take precautions to keep their son safe. But I ask all the time, every day repeatedly, anytime he's been on the internet, who did you play with today? Tell me who these names are. If he can't, they can't be friends anymore, she said. Moody urged people to check out the Attorney General's website, which explains ways to keep children safe from the perils of the internet. I mean, this is a Florida story, but it's also a worldwide story. Parents, be careful of your fucking kids. They putting Legos in their noses, and God knows who they fucking talking to on the goddamn internet, motherfucker. Ugh. That one makes the whole world look bad, all right? I'm not, Florida can't just take that one, all right? We'll take our share of it, but also that's the whole world, all right? Get on the floor. <laughs> well, you know, it's been nice knowing you guys because I don't know how much longer, you know, we're all gonna be here after I saw this headline on Yahoo News. That nearly one million Americans plan to fly to Florida over Labor Day weekend. Uh, an epidemiologist warns they could undo efforts to contain COVID-19 just before schools reopen. Um, about six million Americans plan to fly this Labor Day weekend. That's according to data from travel management app TripIt and compared with TSA figures from 2019. Now, that's far below 2019 numbers, but an unusually high proportion of those who have decided to fly are headed to Florida, Arizona, Nevada, and the Caribbean, all of which are struggling to rein in the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, an epidemiologist says we're at a critical stage in the pandemic and that coronavirus outbreaks linked to travel could undo that progress that's uh, been made just as schools are set to reopen. Roughly 6 million Americans plan to fly during the upcoming, upcoming Labor Day weekend, many of them to Florida and other hotspot areas struggling to contain the COVID-19 pandemic. Fuck you. Despite CDC guidance saying uh, the best way to protect oneself and others is to stay home. Did I just say I was going somewhere? Don't listen to me. Data collected by Travel Itinerary App shows uh, that while total flight bookings over the holiday weekend are down 66% compared to last year, an unusually high proportion of those who have decided to fly are all headed to those fucking spots we just mentioned, which is why it's a fucking mission. Those beach retreats and weekends in the sun, however tempting after months of monotony, lockdowns, and quarantines, threaten to roll back progress at a critical moment in America's fight against the pandemic. God damn it. Florida had the most, second most coronavirus cases. Damn, we're in second place now? What the fuck? 
I thought you guys were out here working in these streets. What are y'all doing? We lost our top spot? Ain't that about a bitch? Florida had the second most coronavirus cases in the country as of Tuesday behind California. California. With 542,790 cases confirmed. The state set a new record for daily deaths on Tuesday with 276. Dark turn. Arizona has begun to see case increases slow after spiking in June, but has the highest number of pediatric COVID-19 cases per capita in the U.S. Arizona. In Las Vegas, casinos are open at 50% capacity, although Nevada has one of the country's highest rates of new infections. I just had a homie go to motherfucking Vegas. Oh, man, that's terrible. Uh, About 12% of Labor Day air travelers are headed to Florida, compared to 4% in 2019. Uh, Based on uh, previous TSA data, that suggests about 720,000 Americans will fly to Tampa, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, Fort Myers, Key West, Panama City, and other parts of the Sunshine State. Memorial Day, guess where I'm going to be? I'm going to be at home. (laughs) I'm not even going to the grocery store. It's going to be, I'm going to have to Uber all weekend. God damn. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, uh, traveling around in little circles is even bad. Like, I'm not even leaving. I'm not even going that far where I'm going. I'm just going kind of around the corner for real. A little staycation. But I'm not even going anywhere for real. Kind of. But these motherfuckers are flying, like, to go vacation in other states and shit. I'm, all right, so Memorial Day weekend. Guess what? I'm going to be at home. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, God damn. All right, well. I'm pretty much getting used to the world being shitty uh, lately, so it's just uh, it's nothing new here, you know. I appreciate you guys still fucking hanging around with me and listening. Uh, we just broke 25,000. No, was it 20,000? We just broke 20,000. 20,000 streams on the GTFOH podcast. So I thank you guys for listening. You guys are the fucking best. Thank you for coming back once again and hanging out with me. 20,000 plays strong and counting, motherfuckers. Uh, shout out to my stat man, Mr. Denny Gagne. Gagne. French for win, you know, he's keeping all the stats for me so that when we get to our uh, celebratory anniversary, anniversary, anniversary episodes, um, we'll have some cool fucking stats to go along with our thousands and thousands of plays that we've amassed together. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to you guys. Thank you for fucking listening. Thank you for coming and hanging out with me once again. Um, well, our homie has taken a break from the A Piece of Me, 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 That's All Folks series to review my latest project. And I'm excited to hear what he has to say about it. I haven't heard this clip yet, so we're going to hear it together. Everybody fucking put your hands together or stay there in silence to My Two Spence. You'll recognize it's Spencer here, biggest fan. I've seen every single episode of the podcast. Hey, I recognize Spencer here, a long-time caller. I've been calling him for years. My two spins. It's my two spins. My two spins. Oh, you got an opinion? Oh, you can't have it, because it's my two spins. Spins, yeah. So this week, I actually wanted to take a little break from the epistemology segment, uh, just because we're a few weeks in now, and it's really info-heavy, and honestly, you guys got me kind of wanting to just pack it up and turn off the lights and get the fuck out of here, you know? I don't know. I've gotten some some positive feedback, but, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just being negative. But anyway, Rex's new EP came out, and I've had it for about a week now. Uh, a couple of the songs even longer than that, and I want to talk about it. So let's talk about it. So starting with Zombies. So I really dug the vocal effects and the uh, like layering on the chorus. Um, I really love the zombies everywhere I go part. Uh, it's nice and catchy. Um, the song as a whole kind of reminds me of Clones 2, which I've, you know, seen some other people say in, like, YouTube comments and stuff, so, uh, you know, it's already kind of shaping up to to at least be seen as Clone 2's, uh, I don't know. Um, in the first verse, you had, uh, you're a slave to your environment in case you need it reminded, which reminded me a lot of, uh, Marx and Engels, um, and Rousseau. Rousseau famously said, uh, man is born free everywhere he is in chains. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's uh, not, a, not a bad thing to remind people of every now and then. Um, we often act like we exist in a vacuum and, uh, you know, the things that are happening around us aren't in impacting us immediately, which is like, oh, of course they are, obviously. I don't know. Anyway, um, I, you know, I somewhat dig the, the Max and Virus mentions in the second verse. Um, but I do worry a little bit that, um, I don't mean this term as a pejorative, I just, I'm sorry, I don't have a better term for it, the, the anti-maskers, um, and the, uh, plandemic people, um, I, I'm a little worried they'll find, like, validation in it, um, I don't think that's really what you're trying to get at, but, you know, people find their own meaning in the lyrics, um, yeah, when it's open to interpretation, they're gonna interpret, I don't know. Um, but overall, you know, it was, it was a good song. Um, it's kind of just a classic wreck honing it in kind of song, I don't really know. Um, yeah, I don't know, pretty, pretty, pretty standard wreck song. So now on to Lights Off. Uh, I really dig the chorus on this one, the toy piano, and the beat is super sweet. I really like your flow in this song. Uh, it's different from what I consider like your standard flow, uh, especially the everyone's a star, set the ball though, duck and run. It ain't no mirage, get applause, chew on bubble gum. It really has that like nice bounce feel to it. Uh, and you know, something that stuck out to me um, is the song structure, which is a little weird. Uh, the first and last hooks are the same length, but then the middle hook is shorter. And the first verse is eight bars, but then the second verse is 16 bars. I don't know why that stood out to me, but uh, but it did. And I guess I'd say the subject matter is pretty relatable. Uh, if my interpretation of the song's correct, it's basically just about insomnia and I guess just like anxiety, right? So on to Oakland. This is my favorite track of the four. Uh, I love the high-pitched string that comes off of that distorted chord, which is balanced against the bass. It really sticks in your head and it's cool, and the whole beat's kind of this trippy, kind of dreamy feel. I love the effects on the vocals, that kind of smoky and hoarse sound. It's just a song you want to sing along with, you know. Um, also, I just happen to have been born in Oakland, so, you know, a little shout out to the motherland. Uh, never hurts. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I guess uh, guess pretty similar to uh, my review uh, of uh, Wit's End. Um, you know, just this is uh, pretty much a 10 out of 10 song. There's not really anything bad to say about it. I don't know. Uh, I know you're, you know, self-conscious about your singing, but I, you know, I don't know why. I mean, this is, uh, it's, it's, I mean, Oakland's going to be one of the strongest songs on the album, for sure. All right, so now to finish off, let's talk about Call For My Name. Man, it's, it's hard to know, like, where to begin with the song. It's pretty fucking heavy, man. Like, for real, dementia is, like, the scariest thing to me. The idea of going through 
decades on decades of life and then just like to be losing all of that and to not even be able to remember your life at the end of it like that's fucking heartbreaking and absolutely fucking terrifying to me man like for real getting dementia is like one of my biggest fears um some people in the crew might know this but obviously most of y'all don't um i was actually living with my great grandma for like the first half of this year uh she has dementia and man it's fucking rough it, it sounds like your grandma um is is worse along uh, mine still mostly knows like who people are and she can somewhat take care of herself but sometimes she's missing meals and sometimes she's not taking her pills she like falls every month or so um she fucking had a stroke while i was there back in i think may um I'm like fuck man it's so rough um yeah i don't i don't even know what to say beyond that to be honest with you um the songs are resonate with people for sure uh, the beat and feel of it reminds me uh, kind of of uh, Rise from The War Within. Um, I don't know, maybe if I played that song I would think differently, but that's just that's the song it kind of makes me think of. Um, to be honest with you, it's, it's probably not a song I'm going to listen to much, uh, mostly just because, like, that's literally just how much dementia scares me, man. Like, anything about it is just really hard for me to get through. Um, but a huge goal of any art form is to evoke emotion, and it certainly does that. Uh, so to wrap it up, uh, this EP was great, honestly. I think that each Meridian has been better than the previous one, um, so hopefully that trend keeps up and the rest of the album is even better than what we've gotten so far, and uh, I'm excited in seeing how it all comes together, how it all flows and all of that. Uh, man, I'm excited as fuck for new Mayday stuff. Um, Alright, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here now. Have a good week, everyone, and go bump Meridian 3. Yeah, thank you, Spence. I appreciate that. I like that review much better than the Fallen review. <laughs> oh, man. I got to give Spence a shout out because he's, he takes my my jokes like you know what i'm saying i give him a hard time sometimes we like i feel like he gives, he gives me a hard time sometimes like it's, it's it's equivalent you know it's it's fucking reciprocal um and he always takes it in stride and i appreciate that uh especially with his epistemology uh series because it's hard for me to segue like my show is about fuck you know what i'm saying my show is about get the fuck out of here and epistemology and all the stuff you're talking about in the segment is a very deep you know introspective very thoughtful stuff so it's hard for me to uh you know transfer out of that into what this my show is generally about you know what i'm saying my show is not a philosophical show you know my show is not about uh social deep thinking but hey it's your segment like i said so i you know do what you do and i i'm not mad at you but you know what i'm saying don't be mad if i transfer uh you know if i segue out of that segment with like a dick joke or something because that's what i'm here for i'm you know what I'm, saying? I'm here to, i'm here not here for deep critical thinking i'm here for fucking fuckery all right <laughs> but yo shout out to spence you're the fucking man i appreciate that meridian three out now um yeah you fucking you know you hit it pretty much on the head um with all those tracks definitely i knew going into uh calm for my name that it was gonna be a little heavy for some folks to like the repeat value the replay value on it might not be so high uh but it was definitely something that was very important for me to get out and people that are going through the same thing have hit me up a lot since hearing this track I think it's definitely something that, um, you know, it's, ah, uh, man, it's, it's something that when you're going through it, you, you, you want to hear that someone else is going through it as well, because uh, it can be a very isolating experience. So 
Um, I think the reaction to it and, and definitely the sentiment, like you said, it, it's comparative to Rise in a way that the Senate, the, the overall sentiment, I don't think the, it, the track doesn't remind me of Rise at all, but I think the, the overall attitude and, and vibe of it is similar. I could see what you mean by that. Um, and then, yeah, uh, lights off the structure of it that you mentioned. Uh, no one really mentioned that to me, but I... I'm very a uh, pattern-based person. I like to go and like stick by. I get into habitual patterns. You know, I'm very obsessive compulsive like that. Uh, so I do that with song structures a lot too. And um, with lights off, Seven had the beat already formatted in that in that regard. And I liked it. And I liked the way the beat was flowing already. So I was like, damn, you know what? I never do half hooks. Um, you know, and sometimes when I'm encouraged, uh, you know, by Burns or someone else to do a shortened hook, I always resist because to me it feels just wrong to cut the hook off or do only half of the hook length instead of a full eight bar hook. Uh, but since the beat was formatted like that already, I just kind of wrote to it and went with it. And I was liking how it went because the first verse is so short that when the second verse, uh, you know, when the, when the second hook comes in, um, I, I kind of don't want to get too deep into the hook. I want to take you right back into a into a verse since we only gave you a short first verse. That was kind of the thinking there. And I like the way that it felt. It just flowed like it, it just felt good. So you get a long hook up front, you get a short hook in the middle, and you get a long hook at the end again. And I just feel like it kind of worked out in the end. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you like the music, Spence. Um, I'm getting great feedback on it, except for the one guy who's like, you're listening, you sound like everyone on the radio. Nah. Um, which I still don't really understand that comment at all, but whatever, it is what it is. The beauty of art and music is that it's subjective and we can all feel however the fuck we want to feel about it and fucking, we can hang out and listen to the same shit or we can go our separate ways and listen to our shit in our fucking separate corners and it's all fucking good, alright? We can all agree to disagree to agree again. No worries. Uh, but thank you once again, my two Spence. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to next week uh, finding a new and immature juvenile way to segue out of your deep critical thinking segment. All right, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so that's my two Spence. Let's fucking uh, move on. We got a breakdown for this week, and I got one line to do before I knock up out of this motherfucker. Knock up out of this motherfucker. Is that even a thing? I don't think I've ever even said that before. Tight. I'm going to knock up out this motherfucker. <laughs> what was I trying to say? Hey, get up out this motherfucker. I don't even know. I don't even know. Please send help. I'm losing my mind. It's time for this week's breakdown. Hey, Rick, it's James. I was just wondering if you can do a breakdown of Haunted off the War Within. Thank you. Keep up the amazing work.
Uh, Haunted. Damn, I haven't heard that one in a minute. Um, James, good request. Uh, Haunted was initially not a solo track of mine. It was a track that we made um, in the studio with a Miami producer named Drop. Drop Dead Beats and um, he's an old friend of ours and he also produced Rise um, and yeah he he just um, we went just for a session to just kind of work in general we didn't really have a, a goal or you know something a specific project in mind and Burns and I did a few tracks with him um, and on that first night we did Haunted Haunted was the first one that we did we went to a different studio than we normally go to he played the track we loved the track the fucking beat is amazing um, and yeah, we, we, we basically were talking about a girl that was, um, you know, that I don't know how exactly we, now I can't really remember how we came up with the concept of the fucking whole thing. I remember we were just, we wanted to do a relationship record. We wanted to do something that was kind of like, you know, him and her. Uh, but we came up with the concept of that, you know, she didn't know that she's carrying around all these, these demons, all these like, you know, these skeletons in her closet. She doesn't know that she's fucking haunted. Um, and then, yeah, we really hammered it out fast. I remember, like, we did this record really, like, it didn't trouble us. We just kind of fucking ran right through it. The music was so good when we recorded it. We really fucking just went right to it. And it later on um, got... It, this is probably my biggest um, movie licensing ever. Well, shit, it's probably... Uh, not my only. It's not my only, but it's one of the biggest because uh, there's a movie out there called Office Uprising, and they licensed a bunch of strange music tracks for the movie, and they ended up using Haunted for the end credits of that fucking uh, movie. Now, the only thing that pisses me off about it, and um, I hate to say pisses me off because I'm very grateful that they chose my song as the end credit song and licensed a few other songs of mine and from the Mayday catalog uh, for the movie, but <clears throat> what they did that really upset me uh, was they pitched up the song. I never fucking approved that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody ever checked with me if that was cool. Like, and they sped up the song like crazy. So, like, the song is pitched up. If you listen to the movie, go listen, go watch the Office Uprising and listen to the end credits. You'll hear it's pitched up quite a bit. And I don't know why they did that. They wanted to make it faster so that they could get the credits out. I don't know what the fucking thought process was there, but pitching it up like that, I it was not. I would not like my song to be heard like that. So I was a little bit annoyed by the way they did it, but I can't front. Anybody who keeps track of my stats will see that the amount of uh, streams and uh, shazams, the amount of times that that song, Haunted, has been shazammed in my catalog, it, it's very much higher than a lot of the other songs. And I'm guessing that's because of the movie. Uh, people get to the, the end credit scene and they're like, well, damn, I fucked with that song. What song is that? And they shazam it. And if you look at the total number of shazams on my catalog, uh, Haunted is shazammed like a ton, a ton more than the others. And um, I think that's something a lot of people don't realize either. When you Shazam a song, it's actually helpful to the artist. Um, and there is a Shazam chart, like a billboard chart on songs that are getting Shazam that people are looking at. Uh, and yeah, also when we were putting Fragile on the radio, I, that's when I learned that their Shazams matter as far as radio play. When someone goes to pitch a song to a radio station, they show people the Shazam numbers. So every time you Shazam a song because you just want to know what song it is, you're actually kind of helping that artist, which is tight. So uh, with that being said, I'll say 
you should totally go out and just Shazam the shit out of my catalog, even though you know what songs you're listening to. How about that? Uh, go ahead and just, you want to do some homework this week for the GTFOH world? Uh, load up some recognized songs, uh, preferably Meridian 3, and Shazam each one of the songs so it comes up as a Shazam. Let's see, let's do a little experiment, see what happens. Maybe I'll get a phone call from fucking, uh, you know, for Office Uprising 2. Um, and they won't pitch up my fucking song this time. But yeah, that's Haunted. I love that fucking song. Uh, it's, a, it's definitely a song that I always wish we did a video for. It's one of them, like, you know, I, I want to do a video for every song. But that one in particular is a song where I hear it and I'm like, damn, that would have made a fucking great video. Um, but I love that song. Shout out to Drop. Shout out to my guy Burns. Um, it's a killer. I love that one. And shout out to the people who put that shit in Office Uprising as the end credit song. That's how the fucking movie ends. Mm, I love that shit. I want more of that. How the fuck do I get my shit in more movies? Please, Hollywood, please put my shit in your movies. Okay, cool. Um, all right, cool. Well, we're about to wrap this motherfucker up because I got um, irresponsible things to do. And um, I know my guy Denny had one thing to say. So let's do one line before we get the fuck up out of here. Right. Hope you're kicking this week in the dick. I know you answered this during the last Friday night's Crowdcast listening party, but I've had this question in the chamber for uh, the podcast for a while now, and I feel it's such a good story with an even better message that's worth sharing with the GTFOH world. So here's the question. I've noticed it's almost impossible to hear you out of the words f and in your music, something that I appreciate and honestly never heard you say either. Uh, is this a conscientious decision on your part when you're writing lyrics uh, as always much love to you and the family as well as the wrecking crew stat man out yeah denny the stat man thank you sir um good question i know we talked about this briefly on a writing session uh for the wrecking crew but um but yeah just so it is a good let's you know it's not a bad idea to have it on the show as well for posterity's sake but um yeah, the F and the N words. The F word I used to use um, back in the battle days. We said it quite a bit, um, and it was just kind of like the the go to disc. And when I was coming up as a kid, uh, battle days was to like emasculate the other dude, you know. And the F word was a way to do it. Um, we're not talking about fuck, by the way. So, um, but one day, uh, my cousin who is gay asked me. Uh, he said to me first that it was painful for him to hear me use the word, and then he asked me um, not to use it anymore. And I never said it after that. Um, I never put it in a rhyme. I never... I, I had stopped battling by then, so luckily I didn't have to worry about it. I think I battled No Can Do the one time. I don't even know if I actually said that word in there. I did do some gay jokes and shit, but... Uh, but yeah, the thought that I was hurting a family member by saying a word, uh, regardless of like what my true meaning of it, it was, or what, you know, I'm not homophobic. I don't hate gay people or anything. So, uh, even if just saying that word made him feel bad or uncomfortable or anyone out there for that matter, um, I felt terrible about, and I didn't want to be a part of that. And, um, I was still pretty young when this happened. So I'm glad because in retrospect, if I was now like saying it and having to like, feel a certain kind of way about the culture or feel that I'm hurting people's feelings like that's not my vibe at all you know um, so that's kind of my my background on the F word and the N word um, I I never really felt like even though I'm in Miami and Miami if you know the history of Miami like my it's used a lot in Miami Latin culture uses it a lot um, a lot of people in Miami say it without even like fucking thinking twice about it 
But when I got out of Miami and started touring and just being around pe- folks from all different fucking walks of life, um, I could see that like it it bothered a lot of people and it wasn't commonplace in places like uh, it was in Miami at the time. Um, and regardless of my father's heritage and where he's from, I was raised in my mother's household. You know, I was raised in a British you know, white lady, blonde hair, you know what I'm saying? British ass household, you know? So to me, like, it never felt right culturally for me to use it. Um, in rhymes, never. In battles, I think maybe back in the day, we let it fly a couple times and nobody really thought nothing of it because nobody in Miami thought nothing of it at that time, at that time, you know? But um, but yeah, it just never felt comfortable for me to use it in a rhyme. And um, I didn't want to be like trapped in a logic-esque conversation about my heritage and my background and where my parents are from and whether or not I have the right to say a word or not. And that it was a, it's a word that's not comfortable, like comfortably spoke in my household as when I was growing up anyway. So it wasn't like a natural word for me to use. So I always consciously decided I didn't want to put that in the rhymes. Um, so I never put that in the rhymes and that was it. And um, yeah, I mean, as anyone who's ever rapped a rap song knows, uh, the fucking word is a great connector and it it rolls off the tongue, phonetically speaking anyways. Uh, But yeah, I just never, I just never felt comfortable with it. And um, yeah, that's it. And I I don't, I'm not sad. I don't fucking use it in rhymes and I don't want to be like some of these other artists that have used it and then have to come out and do a fucking, you know, description on why. Like, fuck that. I don't give a fuck. I'm just, it's just not a word that I'm going to use in my rhymes, and that's it. So it is a conscientious decision on both accounts, and um, I don't really have any qualms about it either way. Uh, at this point, I, I'm happy I, I, those words aren't in my vocabulary. I, I think uh, the music I'm making without those words is totally fine, and I'm, I'm not feeling like they're lacking because I'm not able to use two words, you know. And there's a there's a there's a bunch of words that I don't use on top of those two, but yeah, those would be the big two. Uh, that I'm conscious conscious to not use. And really, it's not even that hard for real. I just don't use them like that in my common day speech. So when I go to write words, I never, like I ne- when I go to write lyrics, I never have to, it's not like I have to consciously do it either. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it just doesn't really come up, you know? I think there was um one rhyme scheme in the hands on the wheel freestyle that me and Burns did. It's on YouTube. You look it up. There's one rhyme scheme there where it seemed like I could have gone there. And somebody commented on that video, swearing up and down that I said the N-word in a rhyme. And they were like, I'm so disappointed. And I was like, bruh, you need to check the lyrics because I didn't say it. But it could have been that, but I didn't say it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what it is, what it is, man. That's, that's just, that's my story. That's why I don't, I don't, it's not, it's not jumping to the top of my head when I sit down to write a rhyme. And even if it did, um, I wouldn't use it because I just don't feel comfortable using either one of those words in, you know, in my shit. So in my daily life, in my rhymes, none of that. Um, so there it is. I appreciate that question, Denny. And I appreciate you allowing me the chance to put that down for the fucking record. Uh, that is it folks. Episode 27. I realized that uh, I forgot to mispronounce some fucking names at the beginning of this fucking show. Uh, so I, we need to do that real quick. Let's do that. Let me mispronounce some motherfucking names one time. Uh, I want to give a shout out to all my corporate sponsors. You know who you are. You guys are the best. I know some of y'all had like had some issues with the um, system, with the anchor system. So... Uh, if you do want to be a monthly supporter of this show, it starts at 99 cents a month and uh, you just got to check because sometimes it'll log you out um, or if you change 
payment you know methods or whatever so just check if you don't hear me call your name out it means you shouldn't be charged if you for some reason think that you were charged and you don't hear your name on the show being slaughtered by me then uh you know send me a message and we'll figure it out so i just want to give a shout out before we close the show to all the monthly supporters out there it's chris topher k rab i jow we got my guy norman jisif pinberthy the 48th we got uh, D. Clone, Jane Stone. We got Lucas Stu Van. We got Christina Valenzuela. We got Venuj Suffer Karen. We got Kalagri Kar. We got Mr. Poole Rayed. That's my guy, Mr. Poole Rayed. We got Kate Weil. We got M. And the chair chine. We got Dillon Shake Cal Ford. We got, uh, what is that? Sim- Samantha? Samantha A. Samantha A. Robin Sign. We got Julio Martinez. We got Cody Olmer. We got Jessica Parazai. We got Nicole. Dodman. You know what I realized? It's actually harder for me. It's like more work for me to mispronounce these fucking names than it was to like just slaughter a couple of them. You know what I'm saying like this it's becoming harder for me now to sit here and try to come up with new fucking pronunciations every week. We got Latasha May Huey. We got Robert Russo. We got Sudluck. Uh Kai Sai Roy Bands. We got Ganelli Susado, Priscilla Palacios, I like that one. Nick Begigi, we got uh, Randy Kooten, uh, Brunden Moulin, we got Dennis Jipuk Gegne, uh, and we got Austin Kenoweth, and uh, yeah. I think I got everybody on that one. So, yo, shout out to you guys for supporting the show. You guys are the fucking best. Like I said, most importantly, you guys keeping the show afloat with your contributions and the 20,000 plays that we just broke uh, is keeping me uh, keeping me afloat on this in this crazy podcast world. I'm just like an indie artist that just started as far as podcasts are concerned. So I'm just a little tiny little guppy in this podcast world, and I appreciate you guys showing me the love that you show me. Uh, so that's episode 27. I'm going to go do some irresponsible shit, and I'll have some good stories for you when i come back um we'll talk about it next week until then uh let's hear the fucking song it's that time again we gotta say good night you know it's getting late tomorrow is another day, my friend. All right, people. It's time to go home. Yep. Losing time. We're ready to head on out. So let's go. You don't have to go home. But you can't stay here. Now you're making me mad You're gonna make me swear 
Get the fuck out of here Finish up that beer You might as well call it a night, my friend You're gonna have to Get the fuck out You heard me Get the So long, arrivederci, sayonara Get the fuck out Ciao, good night The GTF OH Podcast. Learn more at the GTF OH Podcast. Just what the world needed, one more podcast. Get the fuck out of here!